And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, before we open the mic, uh, we were talking about several subjects, and um, it's like, uh, okay, what are we going to do a plain answer on today? And we realized, well, let's do a potpourri and uh, include a number of subjects, and we'll just see where this goes. So this is rather an unusual uh, edition of A Plain Answer. I think it'll be very interesting. Very impromptu. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. right. Um, in the news this past week, in fact, on SRN News carried on Redeemer Broadcasting on Wednesday, you heard a report regarding Harold Camping. Uh, he is the gentleman on the West Coast who uh, runs Family Radio and has uh, set forth any number of predictions, all of which were wrong. Well, on Wednesday of this past week, he uh, he posted a letter to his website that's signed by him and the staff of Family Radio, in which he um, basically says, oops, I made a mistake, I apologize for setting dates. I'm uh, just putting it in my own words, but uh, you can go and read the statement there yourself. We may include a few quotes of it as we talk about it here. Um Harold Camping, he just um, continues to pop up now and then in the news. Uh, He was the gentleman who uh, spent uh, many, many millions of dollars on billboards all over the United States, on uh, buying airtime on stations that he didn't own uh, overseas, just uh, spending money telling people with 100% certainty that last year, May 21st, would be the uh, return of Christ. And so now he finally comes out and says, well, um, that was sin. And, um, you know, before we open the mic, we were at least uh, glad that he admitted that it was sin to set dates. Um, But as we look through the statement that they do have posted online, there was something that kind of popped out to all of us here in the room And that is the notion of um, making incorrect and sinful statements, which in Harold Camping's language, uh, quote-unquote, allowed God, it allowed God to get the attention of a great many people. What uh, Harold Camping has done here is a bit of sleight of hand. Or, let me put it another way, what he gives with one hand, he takes away with the other. Mm Mm-hmm. And what has he given? Well, he makes uh, a, a some sort of a statement uh, to ask for forgiveness to his uh, audience and that he has asked God to forgive him. Uh, but on the other hand, he puts it in a context that takes away the, the force of that confession mm-hmm. because at the same time he's almost saying, I gave God a chance to do something good because people – uh, due to my statement and uh, my uh, prophecies and the way I said that Jesus would return, the second coming would return on May, what, 21? Yeah. Uh, that gave people an opportunity to get into the scriptures. That, my friend, is like saying, you know, I stole that money from the bank, but I did give it uh, uh, some money on the street to a hobo mm-hmm. who's down and out on his luck. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I gave God the opportunity to help out a poor person, or yes. I, I uh, you know, I committed my uh, adultery, but it, for the first time in years, my wife and I reestablished our communication and and uh, talked about my sin, and that's sure. a good thing. So, 
uh, I'm not sorry, so sorry that uh, it took place. Mm-hmm. That's what Harold has done in this case. Yeah, one of the things that really bothered me about it, he's all about writing about the the possible good things. And let me say possible because, frankly, I don't see the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see – I noticed in the letter – he also talked about the National Geographic there, at least in oh, one yes, of Oh, yes, about letters. the King James Bible. About, well, they were going to talk about that anyhow because sure. it was a 400th anniversary. It wasn't because of Harold <laughs> exactly. Camping. Exactly. You know, and, and so, you know, here's the possible positives. Never really talking about the huge damage that was done oh, sure. by it. And as though he's just glossing it over. Yeah, it was sin, but it wasn't so bad. It was really good. Well, you know, I, doesn't you know, say somewhere in the scripture that we might sin, that good may come of it. Doesn't Paul discuss that? Yeah, yeah. Says, God, yeah, forbid. yeah. God forbid. He says God forbid. Yeah, yeah. 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 Romans six. Yeah. What shall we sin that grace may abound? Megenetoi is the that's, Greek. No way, no how. <laughs> yeah, what are right. you, an idiot? Yeah, yeah really. Basically, that's what he goes on to say. How yeah. can you who died to sin live anymore in this? Boy, Mark, you're really worked I'm up sorry. here. This is great. I love it. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> but 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 you look at what happened, for example, with um, Joseph's brothers. You know, yeah, God did use it for good. But who told the brothers that what they did, God used it for good? Yes. They didn't come to Joseph and say, hey, Joe, guess what? You <laughs> know, you we know favor. we sold you into slavery. But we did you a favor. But, but, yes. but, yeah, we really did you a favor, and it really turned out for good, don't you think? No. They came to him humbly recognizing their sin, and, and, and Joseph oh, was yes. the one who said, you meant it for evil. God yeah. intended it You know, for good. God can bring right. good out of evil and uh, so forth. But that's not up to human beings to decide to make those kinds of judgments. It's just right. the opposite. It's mm-hmm. like uh, the, the slave traders uh, who brought the, the slaves to this country, and some here try to mitigate uh, the whole mm-hmm. idea of slavery by saying, well, you know, the African-Americans are Trying a lot better off than their brothers and sisters yes. who remained in Africa. Well, that may be true. But in a sense, if you're trying to mitigate the original sin, it is wrong. So Harold's yeah, done yeah. something like this. Yeah. You and know what I also noticed, Mark, I interrupted sure. you, but um, in this uh, communique, as as much as ever before, what Mr. Camping does here is to uh, include his staff in the sin that he committed. Um, this This letter is not just signed this time by Mr. Camping. Uh, it's signed by... Uh, Harold Camping and the staff of Family Radio. So if you work for Family Radio, Harold Camping has included you in the culpability. Um, Another thing that stood out to us here was that there was something obviously missing from this statement. Um, The date setting was only one aspect of the problem with Campingism. Uh, There's actually even a bigger problem, and he completely leaves it out of the discussion. Any guess what that is? Yeah, sure. He, he has uh, denied right. the the uh, ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ to his church. That's it. Yeah. That is it in a nutshell. That's it. Um, the other day I was reading uh, one of the great confessions, I think one of the catechisms. It was talking about how the covenant of grace was administered. And it, it was just, it was a blessed little reading. It was wonderful because it articulated and it distilled the teachings of Scripture. And it said that it's uh, administered through the preaching of the Word. 
and the administration of the sacraments of the Lord's Supper and of baptism. And my mind drifted to think about Harold Camping, and I realized, oh, these are the things that he has denied. He has denied the man of God in a church setting, preaching the Word of God. He has denied baptism. He has denied the Lord's Supper. Therefore, we can conclude he has denied the administration of the covenant of grace. Yes, and and when you look back at what he was doing, uh, his whole, uh, if you will, ministry, and and that's not a good term, what he was advocating at the time, had no gospel in it at all. No. You looked at the tracts, he was talking about maybe you'll get some repentance. You need to repent, repent, repent. But that's not a repentance unto life, because repentance unto life has connected with it the gospel. And as you said, he's totally denied the church. Now, is some good, I hope some does. I pray that God uses that, but again... He's, I would say, is the wrong person. He's not to the focus arbiter on that. of that. But I, yeah. I, I would say, I'm glad. I, I hope that the staff do feel culpability for it. Mm-hmm. You were in a situation, Dan. Let's talk. About, I, mm-hmm. I don't know whether you want. You may cut this completely out. That's okay. But uh, you were in a situation where you would not stand for the false teaching. No, and you cut it off the air. Yeah, and we did. that's how Redeemer Broadcasting started yeah. when Harold Camping said, if you're not going to broadcast me, you're no longer part of family radio. For a while, we were scared. I mean, the, it, we had lost all all hopes of programming. Um, we wanted uh, that tone of ministry, but there was nothing else out there. And so that did lead to the creation of uh, Redeemer Broadcasting. Uh, I just want to end this part of the segment uh, just mentioning some of the other things that are missing uh, from this statement, um, you know, that the times that Mr. Camping has told people that they're going to hell because they remained in a faithful Bible-preaching church, mm-hmm. or the notion that Jesus' death on the cross 2,000 years ago was a mere demonstration and did not actually accomplish anything, or annihilationism, that people are just lost, just poof, they're burned up, but there's no eternal hell, or the elimination of all living pastors from family radio, or that God stopped, you get, this is a good one, God stopped saving people from May 22nd until December the 5th. And then uh, Harold issued some kind of a statement that um, said, well, I guess God is saving people again. Or how about this one? I hope God will save me, theology. Every camping night we've exchanged notes with has Mm -hmm. almost no assurance of their salvation that if you died today, you would go to heaven and be with Christ. And then this this thing of the Bible being full of deeper spiritual meanings. I mean, that, that opens a host of problems, and none of these things are addressed in this recent note. Yeah, I, well, Dan, I, I don't know how to add anything to that. You, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this more. Is, this I mean, is, we could add I mean, more. This is, this is one that you have really... Uh, well, we were so affected you're, you're, by you're, it. You're so affected, and you're you know. so close, yeah. and, and, and you are the expert. You got, uh, off, you got off when you realized that he could no longer confess, I believe in the church, as you find That's in the it. Great, yeah. great That was That was the big bullet. And when it. you hear that, you know that he is going to go into darkness. He cuts himself yes. off. From the past, he cuts himself off from uh, the work of the Holy Spirit and godly uh, people of the past. 
uh, and we we here appreciate the fact that there is a past that we can look to, Amen. and uh, I, I I think that. Of course, if you cut yourself off from that kind of life, you enter yes. into a kind of deadness and darkness. Well, that's um, that's a brief summary of this past week's uh, news item regarding Harold Camping. What we'll do is take a short break. We'll come back, talk about one or two other items that came up, and stay with us. This is Redeemer Broadcasting's A Plain Answer. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Paul and Timothy are gone, but the letter still remains. And the mission that was written down calls out to us today. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. In our last segment, we were talking about uh, Harold Camping's letter, uh, the uh, purported uh, um, repentance letter that uh, really 
didn't have much repentance in it. Uh, we're going to move on to another subject uh, at this point, and the subject is uh, concerning what is sometimes called natural law. And I'm going to turn to John Vance to uh, help us uh, get up to speed on what is meant today by so-called natural law. Well, when we think of the uh, term or phrase natural law, we're referring uh, not to the kind of law that you have in nature. Everyone agrees that when God created the universe, he decreed it. He decreed it in a certain way that it's reflected with reason. Uh, there are laws that we can access through reason, the physical laws of the cosmos, gravity, uh, a whole range of laws. Our The beauty of our uh, universe is that it is reasonable mm-hmm. and that we can access it, and that's the way God has made us and put us into the world. And since we are endowed with great reason compared to other creatures that God made, we have uh, – that's why we are the head of creation and we are to, to tend it and to govern with reason. And so uh, physics, biology, those kinds of things, we're not talking about that. Okay. We're actually talking about a natural law, uh, a moral law, uh, and a kind of natural law that can lead you to God that everyone can have access to regardless of whether they have received Christ and the Holy Spirit or not. Okay, all right. So, so the, on, the, on the table, then, is the subject natural law. Um, we feel that it exists, but I guess the question becomes, how far can it take you towards redemption, I guess, yes. is one of the can, questions. Can you well, be a, saved through natural law, or can you yeah. be saved uh, through living up to the light that you have in nature? There are two questions there, and... You see that in Romans 1, and Paul talks about that in us uh, having uh, this conscience within us, you know, and being able to uh, to respond to that, you know, the, the conscience. But as he points out, what happens, the natural law, yeah, does show us that there is a God, but what happens is the creature starts worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Mm-hmm. We have a sense of eternity and of God. We're born with that. That's called innate idea. We have the idea of God, the idea of eternity. In fact, in Ecclesiastes, it says at least twice in the in the work that God has put eternity in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And Descartes, for instance, a great philosopher, talked about us being born with the idea of God. Right. And... Um, uh, there is a kind of naturalness about that. We are created in God's image, and when when our first parents uh, fell into sin, we've talked about original sin, uh, we did not not fall so deeply that we cease to be human or in the image of God. We still have some thoughts about God. The question is, can those thoughts that still remain within us, yes. can it lead us to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ if we live up to it? Mm-hmm. Now, that is the question. Uh, and there is a difference, for instance, uh, between some traditions on this. Roman Catholics, for instance, on one side, most Protestants on the other. Mm, okay. uh, and so the question becomes a theological question mm. and a biblical question. Now let's take a look a little bit uh, at Romans uh, chapter 2, let's say starting with verse 18. I'll read it. You guys can comment. And Mark, you had pointed us to this anyway, so let me just read it. It says, uh, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, 
for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they, quote-unquote, knew God, and I put that in there myself to explain, I think, the meaning of the word knew, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Maybe you could comment on that a little bit. Yeah, I think what we have here is, yeah, there is this, uh, if you will, God-shaped vacuum in in Mm -hmm. the knowledge of God. You see the creation. There must be a God. Even uh, the uh, atheist Anthony Flew, a couple years back, said, you know, I can no longer be an atheist. I see the creation. There must be some kind of a creator. But the question is, how do you respond to the creator? How do you... Uh-huh. Uh, know who that creator is, and that's where the problem comes. And and as this passage shows out, they became futile in their thinking, foolish hearts darkened. Yeah. Instead of really honoring God, uh, they do. And as it go, you go on to see that they make all kinds of the creatures uh, the gods. And we do, of course. Many of us, when we look at this, look at the ancient pagan religions or some of the primitive religions, where animals and things are worshipped like that. But we have also made science and money our God, yes, and which is also a manner of taking creation and making it a God. That's true. The light of nature is important. Uh, it has a certain benefit, but it cannot lead us to a saving knowledge of Jesus right. Christ. That's the benefit key. is this, that we can know that there is a God, and we can know that in some ways we are not right with that God. Mm-hmm. The light of nature is not meant to save us so much as is to tell us we're sick. And that we might fall on our knees and pray that we might uh, receive greater light, and that greater light is in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the reason that natural law cannot save, because it would be a Savior. Mm -hmm. There is only one Savior, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, it is clear to me, anyway, from the very beginning, the preaching of the gospel was good news, because it it showed us how that there was a path that Mm -hmm. Christ created for us. He is the mediator. He mm-hmm. is the pathfinder. Uh, he is the one who leads us, if you will, mm-hmm. into that light through his own cross and resurrection. So there's only one Savior. Uh, natural religion cannot save. That's right. As you pointed out, the natural law can't save, as, mm-hmm. the, as the Mosaic law cannot save. Uh, neither can that save because... That does the exact same thing as natural law does. It yeah. shows us our need. It only points us to Christ. It points us to Christ that we have a need that is so great that unless uh, God comes in and saves us, we are doomed. So it takes special revelation. Special yes. revelation. Yes. Well, well in fact, uh, Paul, if you read him carefully, uh, uses the metaphor of being dead. Now, he doesn't mean that we're not living in the world. What he right. means is and that we can't enjoy of the world and understand something of the way the world works through physics and and the sciences, of course we can. Mm-hmm. We can learn to love life in some ways, like good food. Uh, we can learn to have technology. Apple just came out with something quite new. All those things we can enjoy, but no matter what capacity we have, we still, in some sense, are dead spiritually, and God yeah. alone in Christ can make us alive. And so uh, even when the Scripture says the, the work of the law is written on the sinner's heart, and he has this, uh, as we would say, an inward conscience, um, the sinner, unless he's redeemed through Christ, ends up uh, hating 
um, this um, work of the law, and, and it, it actually stands up and condemns him. It condemns right. him. Yes, it does. And it, and it takes our elder brother, it takes the Lord Jesus Christ coming down to this world, dying for a people, mm-hmm. and enabling us to see the love of God in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I think of Romans 3.10 where it says, There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeks after God. Now you can say, well, people seek after God all the time. Yeah, but what mm-hmm. it's talking about there is seeking after God as to who he really is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to seek after God and then make him in their own yeah, image. Yeah, they seek after God yes. in their own image, and, not the reality of God. Right, and so what happens, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to take our lives so that we see... That's what it is. ...that we see uh, Jesus there, as there, our there, There's a miracle Savior. that takes place, Absolutely. no question. I mean, God reaches down and by his Spirit convicts us. As someone has said, I heard a country preacher say, it, at every uh, actual coming to faith, it is a miracle. It is. There's no birth. question. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hey, That's I see right. we're already up against the clock here. Maybe a summary statement, or if you want to cover a quick subject yet, we have about a minute left. But uh, this is such a huge item here, that of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I'm thinking that's probably maybe what we should conclude on today. Yeah. I, I was just going to say one of the subjects that we we are not covering today was one of shame and our lack of shame in the society. Uh-huh. And and one of the things, the reason why we try to escape shame is because we don't know what to do with it. Yes. And and here it is. And one of the ways to, to deal with shame is to just say we didn't do anything wrong. Uh-huh. You know, eliminate the guilt. Hide yourself from the guilt. Yes. And, and that's it. But it never does it. This is the thing. Natural law, in fact, brings us to shame and guilt. And the next step is there's only one who can relieve that. That's it. (laughs) Our Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Our Savior. Well, gentlemen, it's it's a sweet exchange here today in the studio. I enjoy it. I wish we could do it a lot more. And maybe if we develop a talk feed for Redeemer Broadcasting someday, we'll we'll have a lot more of this. You'll need some help out there. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's exactly right. A future talk feed would require the funding. In the studio today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. This entire episode is up on our website. We invite you to visit it. It's found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Just look under Resources, A Plain Answer. And a quick reminder, you may have a question for us, particularly about Harold Camping's letter or about natural law or even shame. Please write us. Our email address is ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Preach the, word, preach the cross, preach redemption to a lost and dying